Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Food that's good for the environment, good for the people who eat it, and good for the people who grow it. They pick it so it's beautiful when it comes to market, and you get to enjoy that. Local businesses is the, the first place that we can directly support somebody. You've got to believe in what you do, and if you stick to that, then you're getting there anyway. G'day and welcome to another Quicksand Food Podcast. My name's Stefan Postuma. Today I speak with Daniel Dewhurst and Lauren Brown from the Blue Swimmer at Sea Haven in Jaroa. The Blue Swimmer is a fantastic local restaurant down there in Jaroa. Daniel's the owner there and Lauren's his head chef. And they work together to make a fantastic menu utilizing a lot of local produce and bringing something a little bit more sophisticated to the area. They operate as a cafe during the daytime, but then also provide high quality lunches and do nice dinners, have a nice wine list and get the community and the producers that are around them involved in what they do at the restaurant. They gave us a couple of fantastic recipes for the Illawarra cookbook and I really enjoyed talking to them. So please enjoy this chat with Lauren Brown and Daniel Dewhurst from the Blue Swimmer at Sea Haven in Jaroa. Okay, so um, my family owned a farm out in Toulouse, just in the valley there for about 15 years. Um, just a one-acre block, and we used to come down here every few months just for vacation, yeah. for a week at a time, two weeks. Um, and so I really got to know the area and kind of went to the Fisherman's Club and surf beaches. Love the fishers. Yeah, just uh, <laughs> fishing here and there and kind of got to know the area. Um, and then when this came up for sale, uh, we, come and, we came and had a look. Yeah. And it was, had this awesome view and we saw a lot of potential with the restaurant. Um, and what we could make our own um, using kind of the local wineries and local produce that mm-hmm. was around and really showcasing what it has. Mm. Um, and then, so yeah, that was just the, the tip of the iceberg. So when it was in the suburb where I'd kind of had my vacations, I took the plant. Yeah? Yeah. Do you like living back in this area? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like, it's a lot slower than Sydney. Yeah. Um, so it's beautiful. No traffic, which is great. Mm. Yeah. Free parking. <laughs> Free parking, exactly right. So, like, I think you make your own um, adventures down here. Yeah. Um, so it's not, it doesn't have the restaurant kind of atmosphere as it does in Sydney. The bars and mm. all that is kind of less down here, and opening hours are obviously a lot uh, thinner than in Sydney. But yeah, you make your own kind of adventures around mm. the place, and that's what I like about it. It's this place is unique because it is a restaurant in a setting where you'd normally find just the day trading cafe. Yep. Like on a lot of South Coast beaches and towns and, and things like that, you find places that you find your fish and chip shops, your bakery and your coffee shop. 
that that people go to but and it's but it's rare to find it's a, it's a standalone venue as well yeah. and 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 is it sort of i feel like some of your clientele when they discover you or like they might come to Jerrell for the first time they might be really surprised but also like really impressed by the standard that you guys put up here not just not just serving coffees or pies but like having a, a serious menu yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's what we kind of wanted to create was like a, a destination in itself. Yeah. Um, so having a restaurant, it's, there's nothing else around here. So people like to come here. They've got to look us up and see where we're at and kind of take a few uh, Facebook photos and all that kind of stuff yeah. of what we serve and want to come here before they actually just stumble upon. Yeah. Um, so you do get that uh, summer trade. Like, yeah. A month or two in the summer that's just packed the beaches are packed we just get the stumble upon just walkthroughs and mm-hmm. all that but june winter especially people come from sydney for a day trip and find that's us nice yeah. yeah which is good um do you it must be for locals that live in this area it must be fantastic to have a nice dinner venue within walking distance and that's yeah. like in one of the suburbs you don't have to get a taxi to town or anything like that like do you have a good local contingent that support you as well yeah definitely yeah we um we do oh, have 497 <laughs> <laughs> it is a, a small population down it's here, so seasonal here yeah yeah you do you do find the locals coming back as well like they might come back friday and saturday night dinner yeah okay. um as That's well cool. as during the week normally is the typical locals come back for breakfast yeah and try and stay away on the weekend but yeah okay. have dinner on maybe a friday night which is more quieter night yeah um but it is yeah it's good seeing friendly faces coming yeah. back and experience their food is it seeing it change and evolve as well yeah, and I guess it, taking inspiration from like the the produce and the landscape that's around you, and also the seasons, just yeah, means that it's constantly evolving and that people keep coming back. Is there something different for them? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we try and take on kind of four menus a year. Um, so the summer, autumn, uh, winter, and spring, yeah. and just kind of change it up a little bit with the different produce, yeah. vegetables, fruit, and uh, herbs that are out at that time. Um, Lauren, how like how have you gone sort of Establishing yourself here, like obviously you're new to this area, getting to know who, who the suppliers are and the producers are. I, I guess for people that have been in the industry in a certain area for a long time, they've got connections already to the people, their suppliers and the people that they work day in, day out with trying to get what they want for the menu. Was it challenging to establish those connections straight away? Yes and no. A lot of the suppliers and people around here were super excited about their product and so they've come to me or to the awesome. restaurant like, hey, check this out, uh, we're at the farmer's market, or this is what we have this week, or like to give you a call, and or a lot of word of mouth as well, like we work with Bonavista Farms up the road, and you know they they can tell us about working with the other restaurants, and then you go in and you talk to those chefs, and they're like, oh, well, yeah, we, we get our finger lines from Jerengong, which is across the street from you, and try Crooked River, uh, is it Crooked River? Crooked yeah. River's eggs, and everyone's really excited about what's around here, so it's pretty easy to make contact, mm. especially... And then you go to the farmer's market and everyone's just excited that you care mm-hmm. and just want to tell their story and get their product out there. So yeah. it's a really big community feel. So it wasn't too, too hard. I mean, you get the generic stuff, but everyone else, the good products really shine through. So yeah. it's really easy to find. It's Yeah. And yeah, I guess I didn't think about it like that way, but people like Fiona and Adam up there are so integrated into local food mm-hmm. here in the Illawarra. They know everyone. Yeah. 
you, you, you just have to go to the farmers markets to start making connections with people and people yeah like you say people want to get their produce out there and they want their produce to and everyone feature in a place I felt like like Fiona and Adam like they know a lot of people so they're like oh we'll go talk to so and so from Dapto Community Farm and like he'll check he's got great eggplants but then like check the tomatoes out here so everyone really yeah. helps each other out yeah cool it's really good. that's a, that's a that's a cool place at Dapto Community Farm yeah. as well have you been out there I haven't been out there but I've spoke to the guy at the farmers market quite a few times so. yeah yeah no that's an interesting interesting place they've got I think there's like six more businesses running out of that the whole farm or something really like cool. that so, which is quite interesting. Um, how do you how do you, how do you use finger lines before you came to Australia? Never, no. No, cool product. I think though. it's one of my favorite really? <laughs> products that I've come across. Yeah. So like unique, and I love that it's just across the street. Like we call up Brendan, I'm like, hey Brendan, he's like, yeah, I'll go pick him now. I'll be over in an hour. Like it's so good. It's and he's like super excited about. It. He's growing all sorts of really cool native plants just as experiments on his yep. free time. So we've been getting like really neat stuff, like lemon scented tea tree and um, lots of kefir lime he's got like all sorts of really cool native bush plants and stuff going in there so just like learning from him too because I mean everywhere you go like in Toronto or Canadian fair you, you learn about like what's Canadian and what grows really well so it was a really fun experience trying to find out like what's native here yeah and then finger yeah. limes is definitely one of my favorites yeah it's such a, it's so cool um yeah I guess it must be interesting for, for a Canadian to come to Australia because you know, you might be familiar with a lot of produce from your your place, but you know we're we're a different continent. Like our natives are a world away from what totally. you guys have. So, yeah, is it? It must be sort of challenging and interesting and exciting at the same time. It's always a, like it. a learning experience because you've never you don't know what to do with it. So it's really a lot of like research and seeing what other people are doing. I think the other challenge too is your seasons. So like I know what I cook in spring or fall, summer, winter, but it's totally opposite here. So the things that I'm used to are like, no, you, you can't do that now. And it's, it's winter. So yeah, okay. like, there's no tomatoes now. There's no like peas and asparagus. So the seasons are backwards. That's a challenge. And um, also too, like coming from working in a city where you can get everything at any time. You can't here. It's mm. small. Like people only come down here once in a while. So yeah. cool. availability is definitely an issue, a good issue. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's one of those challenges that makes you develop um, and translates to your menu. You know, like you've got it. You're forced to work with what you've got available, Absolutely. and that's kind of the way you should be eating. Like you're not going to put a caprese salad on the menu now, like no. in July, because not just because you shouldn't, but because you can't get good tomatoes. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's talk about the dishes. So the first one, the it's a vegetarian dish, the stuffed eggplant. Do you want to just tell us a bit about that? Sure. Um, so it's halloumi stuffed eggplant. Um, it's one of our most popular vegetarian dishes, obviously. <laughs> um, let me just like describe. Yeah, that. yeah, just tell us. Okay. So we got a, a nice spiced sweet potato puree, spiced with um, tahini yogurt, and the eggplant is stuffed with halloumi and taking inspiration from, I guess. Lebanese or Middle Eastern, we've got halloumi, uh, nuts, dried fruits, and uh, the classic spice mix of rasan hu. Mm -hmm. um, and then just garnish with nice pickles to cut through that heaviness of the halloumi, so that acid really makes it pop at the end. Perfect. That's cool that um, a vegetarian dish is like one of your most popular. Do you think, um, like, do you, I guess dietary requirements and, and that sort of thing are just sort of increasing constantly. Absolutely. But 
Yeah, it's cool. It, like, I guess also having vegetarian dishes being so popular, it means that you have to pay a lot of attention to take a, take as much care in a vegetarian dish as you do in one that's sort of a meat-based product. Absolutely. And I think that one of the biggest challenges, like I tried to go veg for a while, and I think you always kind of get stiffed by having to take the pasta option or, risotto, yeah. or, or the yeah risotto. And it's like, it just <laughs> gets repetitive. So I think, and vegetables and produce around here especially working with such great producers who have great products like really need to be showcased as well like we shouldn't exclude them um and just really work on showcasing them mm, nice and the dessert the dessert is our rocky roads this is our n- newest popular item that looks um, like that looks like you'd sell hundreds and thousands <laughs> lots of and lots. So <laughs> that looks so delicious i just went off of um, the <laughs> traditional s'more everyone's okay, uh, yeah. campfire favorite so if our toasted bourbon marshmallows wow um it's our arrowroot cookie or i guess almond cookie trying to get that graham cracker taste that you guys yeah, don't yeah. have here what <laughs> but, is a graham cracker uh it's traditionally made with graham flour it's a certain flour um uh, okay. and then i guess what your milk biscuits are here is, is arrowroot oh, okay so, so it's like we have yeah. like a similar one but it's graham so we tried to replicate that here um, chocolate pudding, salted caramel ice cream, and then all your nice crunchy garnishes, nuts, and uh, honeycomb. honeycomb. Mm. This one's our most popular for sure. Sure. If you yeah. give it a try, I'm sure you'll like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. As soon as you start saying things like marshmallow, bourbon, chocolate, honeycomb, and all that sort of thing, it basically sells itself. Nice sweet end to the meal. Yeah, for sure. Um, hmm. Is there anything like? Is there anything that you guys want to talk about when it comes to blue swimmer? Like, you know, like I guess one of the challenges that I've heard from regional business owners is finding and keeping good staff because people either move away or there's a small pool to choose from and stuff like that. Is that a challenge for you guys? Or yeah, over the last year we've seen a, a massive challenge. Yeah. So just um, just the retention of staff. Yeah. it's been a massive issue. So like chefs walking out after three months and. You know, like front of house people, they're always, it's not really a career. So they're normally uni students or people that just don't want to keep going mm. on with being a waiter or waitress. Mm. Um, so they might be here for maybe six months at the most and then they find another job and then they keep going. And mm. So yeah, I think that's a massive challenge in terms of just retaining staff, mm. which um, the last probably six to eight months we've done a really good job of. Yeah. Um, so we've had our kitchen staff for a good solid eight months all together working as a team. That's great. And then that means they can grow off each other as well. Um, Front of the house is obviously definitely an issue, but it's just, you know, trying to make those people feel as happy and as safe and, you know, build a culture that kind of represents like a fun, happy workplace. Yeah, it's it's just got to be so hard as a regional place because like, you know, the only place where you've got real industry front of house professionals as a massive pelican flies over our heads. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, like you know, the logical next step, like even if you train someone up who says, I'm gonna be a sommelier or a restaurant manager or whatever it might be, they can, they probably can get to a point here and, and, and then go, well like, you know, for me to step it up, I've gotta to go to Sydney or Melbourne or something like that. So, you know, like, yeah, it just must be such a challenge and I think that, yeah, regions do it tough when it comes to that sort of thing because the, the people who do care the most, yeah. like, they, they, they'll have to leave eventually and then yeah. a lot of the time there's, yeah, there's people who are just doing it because they just need a job and that's fine as well but it's, yeah. it's a constant, yeah, constant bit of a battle. It's a massive struggle. Yeah. yeah, it is a constant struggle. Yeah. yeah. 
Especially you've only got the small amount of people to choose from. You've only got a yeah, small pool a small of people pool, yeah. in the regional areas. And but so I mean, even skill level is like is a tough pretty one. tough. Mm. Yeah. And especially dragging people like this would be awesome to just do a sea change and dragging people from Sydney. They don't really see it until they get down here. Yeah. You know, until they get into the business and they have the job and they see how good it is to live here. Yeah. It's just hard dragging people from Sydney. You it's, know, hard, it's, it's hard getting them in. Yeah. But uh, I think that's, you know, in a way, it's kind of beneficial for the industry a little bit in that business owners have to be really conscious of how they treat their staff at the same time, like, yeah. like you're talking about, like making a good environment for people to work in. Because when in a place like Sydney or Melbourne or whatever it is, when there's a massive pool of people to choose from and, you know, no, no matter what sort of level you are, whether it's a cafe or a restaurant or a bar, you're, you know, you're always going to have responses to your job advertisements. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, treatment of staff isn't necessarily, like, the top at the top of the list. But, yeah. yeah. So I guess, that, like, that helps them, but it's also... It's a, it's a good thing for, for business owners to have to be conscious of. Cause yeah, definitely. Survive, like, yeah, yeah, exactly right. If you're hard, then people just walk out. Yeah, say so they get a job up the road. Like, yeah, exactly whatever. right. I think one yeah. of the best things, though, like being very remote, is that you really like develop that family feel. Yeah. Like everyone that's like the back of house, we've been together for a long time, and like it is very like maybe everyone's coming from different places, right? So their friends are other places. So like we really like blend well together, or like oh, what are you doing after work? Or okay, we'll go to your house later, and like it, and the front of house too. Like it's a very it's a bit, bit of a tight knit That's kind good. of bunch as well. Yeah. So we like, you know, socialise with front of house other. and back of house and yeah, it's like That's a family feel, feel. I like that because good. I've worked in some places before where there's a massive divide between back and front of house. Like, you know, people are scared to go tell the chef some feedback from a customer or something like that because for some reason there's just this massive sort of rift between, you know, front of house and back of house and... But yeah, no, nah, that, yeah, that's... we don't have that here. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Um, yeah, it's pretty friendly. Yeah. Pretty friendly here. That's good. And I, I guess, uh, like, the locals that you employ and stuff as well are, like, a part of the community, so their family might come here for their coffees and stuff. And yeah, exactly. That, that community within the restaurant sort of, like, extends to your clientele as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, cool. Um, maybe leave it there. Anything else you want to talk about? The only thing I was thinking about um, asking you, Lauren, was... It, might, it must be cool, like, from being in a city like Toronto to live next to the ocean and having access to the seafood we do here. Because, yeah, you've got, like, seafood co-ops in Alabella and Kiama and, mm-hmm. you know, and access to the Sydney fish market and then all these different Australian species. It sort of goes on the point that we were making earlier about our native plants. Absolutely. But, um, yeah, is, is it fun working with this new seafood and learning It's about awesome. It? It's like a dream come true, living yeah. by the ocean. Um, and too, and just having everything fresh, like in Toronto, you get like your small, various um, lake fish that's local, but everything else has to come from far away. Yeah, right. So having to be able to like, oh, we need fresh fish and we can go to Kayama and they're like, oh, we just caught this half an hour ago. Here, take that. It's like, so good. it's shocking. It's just, it's such a good feeling serving mm. something so fresh. And, and also too, and learning about all the different species, the same thing as before. Like I've never heard of half this stuff and then just having it readily available and super fresh. It's, it's a pretty awesome mm. product to be working with. You're getting into Sydney rock oysters? Oh, yeah. Yeah? <laughs> How do they compare to North American oysters? <laughs> it's funny, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're great. I, I, actually, Canada, actually, I so. just came they're back. They're great, but... 
I just came back. I wasn't a big fan of oysters. Um, and I came here and I like really started getting into them. Okay. And then going home and recently starting to like them and trying ours and then trying here. I think I don't dislike the ones here. I just find them very different. Like you, they leave this like very like strange like alkaline taste on your tongue. Okay. Whereas the ones at home are, are also very small, but they're just like crisp and it's like one pop and they're down. Whereas here really? they just leave a much more a bit lingering. Of flavor on the tongue. <laughs> yeah, they've got flavor here. They've yeah. got a, yeah, the actually that little yeah. layer on the tongue. <laughs> so we pair them with the finger limes on our menu and they're like perfect, really isn't it? Yeah, it's so good. Um, yeah, I, I, I went to I went to the US last year and I didn't recognize it. Like they had like seven different oyster species or something like yeah. at this oyster bar that I went to, and I was like, I've never heard of any of this. And I don't know, I'm probably biased, but like a freshly shucked Sydney rock is just bloody fantastic. <laughs> I couldn't, couldn't beat it from any of them over there. Um, anything else you want to talk about? What do you reckon? Anything? Mm. I guess like one of the things noticeable here is like. You, you, you do everything from scratch, you know, like you've got the kombucha that you make here, like all these things on the menu and it's important for, you know, upper level restaurants is to make stuff properly, to do it from scratch and to, yeah, like, and it's sort of reflecting back on that produce that's available to you guys and, and, and using that to direct your menu. It's like a, a good thing about here, like um, we do use the, the local produce and we do showcase it. Um, but yeah, we also are trying to to do things ourselves, so like the kombucha, we make our own pastas. Yeah. Um, we've tried butter in the past to yeah. culture their own butter. We're yeah. doing kefir and yogurt now. We just heard that today. Oh, We're yeah. doing house-made um, sourdoughs as well. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. All their own ice cream. So we've got about six to eight flavors of ice cream that's, that's awesome. all made in house. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, which is just kind of pushing the envelope a little bit more, you know. Yeah. Especially in quiet time, it's you've got a lot of time to do this kind of stuff. Yeah, that's that. That's something that I hadn't really thought of because. It is so seasonal down here. That, like at this time of year, do you do you do you have different opening hours at this time of year than in summer? Um, we kind of keep it the same. We just uh, knock back a few dinners, so we just okay. We just put it to Friday, uh, Saturday night. Dinner. But yeah, that's cool that you've got the time to sort of experiment and stuff. And I guess that in a city or whatever, when you've got heaps of food foot traffic and um, you know, like you're pretty consistent, it might lead to people cutting corners because they just think oh there's going to be people in here anyway mm-hmm. but for you you kind of you know like you're kind of forced to do stuff properly because that's what you're here for and that's what people expect when they when they come yeah, yeah. having something to offer them I mean there's a million not a million because it's small but like there's <laughs> other cafes that they could go to so it's really just giving them something different yeah. to come here for or something that because I mean essentially we all use the same supplier so let's do something different to attract them to come in here Cool. Yeah. Anything else? Oh, that's it. Sweet. That's yeah. good. Done. Thanks awesome. for talking Thank to you. Thank you so much. Thank you. No Thanks so much. Thanks for joining me for my chat with Lauren Brown and Daniel Dewhurst from the Blue Swimmer at Sea Haven in Jaroa. If you want to find out a bit more about what they do, you can check out their website, which is thebluswimmer.com.au. And if you want to find out more about us, you can visit our website, quicksandfood.com. You can find us on social media, Quicksand Food on Facebook and on Instagram. And get out there and support the Illawarra Cookbook. Support independent publishing. It's available on our website and through all good Illawarra retailers. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Quicksand Food Podcast, and we'll catch up with you next time. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.